Yo, man, wake up. Wake up. I always have to like mentally like just get in the zone to do this, to start. Why? I don't know. It's always like, I don't know. It's almost like I just have to like put myself back in the place of like, you know, like, I don't know how, how to relate to this. But like when you write music, the starting and the ending is always like the hardest part. And the stuff in the middle isn't as hard. That's why I feel like with this, it's like I had to find a way to start it and then. It's like a snowball effect. Don't say that word. No? Why? It's because <laughs> it's going to happen tomorrow and I don't want it. Oh, the snow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the snow. Uh, I don't like the I don't like the cold. I, so I mean, I don't care for the cold, but the snow is nice. It makes it worth it for me. Do you go outside and throw snowballs? Mm-hmm. With who? With Mesa. With your wife? Yeah. She goes outside and throws snowballs with you? Until she's sick and tired of getting hit with <laughs> <the> snowballs. <laughs> I used to, when I was younger, I used to like have all my friends in recess go and we'd start like snowball wars and fights and we'd create like um like massive walls yeah. of snow yeah. to protect yeah. us how old were you young but yeah hey, right. but it's, <laughs> it's the kid in you that you stays. know you know what's funny is i went to a sporting goods store today mm-hmm. and i'm still trying to figure out like you know gift ideas and all that mm-hmm. and i was like what if i got snow pants for like me Alicia and Kinsley to like go out in the snow. Uh-huh. I was like, that'd be kind of a fun little gift idea. Sure. They didn't have any kid ones. Snow pants? Yeah. They should. They, they, well, they didn't. I mean, how, what did I wear? <laughs> That's, I, I, they make them. Somebody makes them. Yeah. But when I went to the sporting goods store, just down the street, they didn't have them. Huh. Well, I mean, that's unfortunate. So I just got saran wrap instead. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to get sleds too, because that's probably. Yeah, but I don't have. I guess we have to go to. So when I grew up at our house, we had like a really big hill in our backyard, and that was where we like went sledding. We never went to like like the Heinz Heinz Park yeah. or the Heinz. We never went there. No, our hill was huge, but it's still like not as big as those other hills that you could go down. No, but You're, it's pretty close. You missed out, man. Yeah. Well, did you, you ever go? No. What? Then you you have the Come risk. On, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you have to now, especially with this snow that's coming. If it's pretty decent, you should definitely take you know your family. That'd be fun. I mean, I'm sure your I'm sure your wife has. I'll just take a cardboard box from the warehouse and slide down <laughs> down the hill with that. I mean, you don't really need much. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just the snow pants. Maybe something more robust for your kids so uh. that they don't. <laughs> oh, she would have concern. a blast just bouncing around and probably. Getting, no, she loves it. Yeah. So you and I have talked about a bunch of kind of tech things that have happened in, in the world, right? Yeah. And the one that's the controversial one, the fun one that people are talking about right now is Twitter. Yeah. But it's really interesting. It's kind of commanded the the uh, the news for the, almost the last year. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk is an interesting guy, right? Uh, you know, we're not going to get political on the whole deal of whatever, but uh he does interesting things, and I have days where I wake up and I'm like, "Yeah, smart guy, really good engineer." And I have days I wake up like, "He's psycho," you know, like actually crazy. Yeah. But you know, you watch interviews of him, and he seems fairly level-headed. But then decision making is kind of interesting, right? Yeah, I think the way he comes off sometimes it's like a mixed bag. Yeah. He'll show you a different color of himself every single time. Yeah. Have you ever watched him on the Joe Rogan podcast? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So when people watched him on the Joe Rogan podcast the first time, they were confused. They were like, "What's going on? What's wrong with yeah. Elon?" The second time he came on, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, he went and he smoked weed mm-hmm. <laughs> and he drank quite a bit. Yeah. So it's a, it's really a mixed bag depending on like, you know. How he feels maybe. Yeah, whatever. honestly. But I mean, can you imagine the amount of stress no. and 
tasks that he no, has and, in a day. And, and that's the thing is like I I don't I'm not I'm never here to cast judgment on anyone because I'm not in their shoes. Yeah, like yeah. that that's a that's a whole different ball game, and it is what it is. But right, I, I want to take you through the timeline mm-hmm. of the whole Twitter deal up until probably close to now, um, to 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 like zoom back out because I think we're all in the middle of like what's happening now. Yeah, I want to zoom back out to like walk through how we got where we're at today. Mm-hmm. So March 25th, he starts beginning criticizing Twitter, right? On Twitter. Yes. Saying that Twitter doesn't allow free speech. And he created the poll. Do you remember that first poll that he, he said? And, and it, was, it was the poll was, do you believe Twitter rigorously adheres to this principle of free speech? Right. 70% of people said no. Mm-hmm. Right. Very interesting. Uh, <laughs> then, so come April 4th, not too long after, uh, a security filing, because they, they have to do this, reveals that Musk was the largest Twitter shareholder at 9%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at that point, he kind of is the biggest owner of Twitter. Yeah. Right. And then they invited him to be on the board of directors, which I thought was kind of interesting. Right. He was there criticizing. And then they did that. And I think that was probably out of courtesy. They mm-hmm. probably have to. don't have to, but it's probably that, that one of those unspoken rules. And maybe they have to. I don't I don't know. And they invited him on the board. Like, hey. Come join the board and, you know, let's work together. And six days later on the 10th, he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think maybe it wasn't maybe a courtesy. Maybe they were just trying to get him to kind of control him in a sense. Yeah. And I thought about that too. So then on, on the 14th, April 14th, now he makes the offer to purchase Twitter for $43 billion, which is probably his plan all, all along, right? Yeah. So... Four days after he says no, he says, I, I just want to buy you out instead. And that was at fifty four twenty per share and taking the company private. Uh-huh. Uh, Did he back out of it? Well, yeah, we're getting there. Okay. We're getting there. So he then posted on Twitter another poll. Taking Twitter private at $54.20 per share should be up to the shareholders, not the board. And 83% of people said yes. Okay. Right? Okay. Although what's interesting about the stock market is the shareholders appoint the board or vote on the board. Mm-hmm. So like if you're a shareholder, if you own one share of Twitter in the mail or via email, you'll get a notification when, when it's time to vote for the board. And they'll say, oh. do, you, do you agree on this person, this, 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 whatever. Interesting. And there'll be board recommendations. Like we recommend that you say yes, whatever. Um, and you have the entitlement. One share versus 10,000 shares. 10,000 shares is going to have more of a say, right? Mm-hmm. But he went to Twitter instead. Right. <laughs> April 25th, so now we're 11 days past that, uh, a filing happened um, that reveals Twitter bo- Twitter's board publicly and unanimous, unanimously accepted Musk's offer. Okay. So they said, okay, yeah, that's a good valuation of our company. We, we want to go for it. Um, May 13th, so again, another couple weeks. It just seems like every, every couple weeks something happened, right? Yeah. May 13th, he puts out the uh, buyout deal on hold because that, you know, he he said that there's a report that five percent of Twitter's daily activity users are spam accounts. I remember, remember this. Yes, yes. And this was his, his clause, his his well, in his mind, his way out uh, of of getting out of this deal. So, do you think do you think he w- wanted to truly get out of the deal because of that, or was it just like it was just another thing that he was just doing to cause issues and problems and controversy? I, I don't know. What what I would say is that. He might have had a gross overestimation of Twitter's value. Okay, so then he was like buyer's remorse, wanted to back out. And you don't think this was a part of his plan to begin with, like to, to do to do that, to back out and 
I mean, when you engage in some kind of thing like that, like, so he's been hit a bunch of times by the SEC for things that he said that's affected his stock. Yeah. He's calmed down a lot about that. Mm. But he plays, and he's taken that and moved it to uh, uh, um, cryptocurrency <laughs> because it's not regulated, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Uh, Dogecoin, you remember um, all that? Not yeah. just Dogecoin, but um, Shiba Inu and other yeah, coins yeah. like that. Yeah. Bitcoin, when he announced that he was going to take it and then announced that they'll no longer take it. Right. So he's he's moved that game playing over to an unregulated side. So I don't know if it was in the cards because that can come really negatively on him. Maybe it was. Don't know. Mm. So June 6th, so now almost a month later after he s- puts it on pause, uh, uh, Musk's attorney sends a letter and threatens to terminate the agreement. And and Elon Musk alleged that Twitter was not complying with his request mm-hmm. to to get the data on spam or fake accounts because he wanted to know whatever. Okay. Two days later, Twitter's board complies with his demands. So mm-hmm. there may be some truth to that and agrees to provide him with a uh, fire hose data stream of tweets that then he would have to comb through. <laughs> what a way to do it, right? <laughs> well, give isn't, you everything. Isn't that isn't that what lawyers do? They they kind of drown you in paperwork. Not just lawyers, but even if you look at bills that that get passed into law. Yeah. Some of those things are like 5,000 pages. Yeah, and they just sneak stuff in. Yeah, they, they put stuff in. You're never going to read through the whole thing. Yeah, they're just banking on the fact that you're not going to take the time to kind of uh, really do the diligence. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's exactly right. Or there's just so much that it's not possible for you to do, mm-hmm. right? And on that same day that they kind of gave him that stream, uh, Elon Musk announces his intentions to terminate with Twitter. Okay. He, he wants to terminate the acquisition, um, claiming that a filing with the SEC that Twitter still refuses to comply with the request. So he's saying that, that Twitter's still not giving him what they what he wants. And and it might be that they're doing too much in the sense to drown him. Right. He didn't he didn't take kindly to that, basically. Probably. No, no. But the Twitter's chairman said that they're gonna pursue legal actions against Elon Musk uh-huh. for probably signing uh, a, a LOI or a letter of intent. Yeah. That he's gonna do this and probably even deeper documents to say that, you know, there's probably very few stipulations that allow him to get out of the deal, and that probably wasn't one of them mm-hmm. at first. July 12th, so now we're another month later, mm-hmm. right? Twitter formally launches a lawsuit against Elon Musk mm-hmm. in response to him backing out of the acquisition. And uh, he posted, oh, the irony <laughs> 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 on Twitter. Elon did. <laughs> another month goes by almost, August 6th, and Elon challenges former Twitter CEO to a public debate about spam accounts <laughs> and poll followers on whether they believe that it's less than 5% of the activity or more than 5%. Mm. And obviously that didn't happen because there was no poll. Um, October 4th, so now we're going two months later. Okay, Things have, are starting to kind of stretch out here. Yeah, and, and Elon Musk submits a proposal to move forward with the acquisition at the original agreed upon price of $44 billion, $54.20 per share. Okay. Right. On the condition that Twitter drops the lawsuit, which means that Twitter had a case. Yeah. A really good case. Right. Right. So they kind of strong-armed him into actually following through, and yeah, it would have been not worth it. You might as well just go. Yep. Yeah. And okay. so in that same month, October 20th, uh, Musk told investors that he plans to terminate nearly 75% of Twitter staff. So yeah. this was this yeah, was in October. That. And uh, do you remember on, it was like six days after that, the, the video of him bringing in the kitchen sink. Yes. So that was six days after he told the board he's going to cut 75% of staff. <laughs> so he brought in the kitchen sink. You know, you, you get that. Re- yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. In the kitchen sink, right? Um, and changed his bio to Chief Twit. 
<laughs> he's hilarious <laughs> because he did that in Tesla. He changed his title, I think, from CEO to some type of crazy title. I forget, like uh, legally. No, it was a techno wizard or techno king or something like that. Yeah. Well, it's not <laughs> legally. So, and and he explains this on the filings. There's no filing as a position of S, uh, of CEO. Okay. It's president, vice president, yeah. secretary, yeah, etc. Yeah. There's no CEO title. Right. That's a you know quote made up title. Okay. And so, yeah, he just said he's Techno King now. I think he's <laughs> Techno King. Okay. And on that tweet where he shows the video of him bringing the sink, he says, entering Twitter HQ, let that sink in. <laughs> right? <laughs> but this was before the, the bio was actually complete. Okay. But they're, you know, in the final stages. Yeah. And the, the day after he closed on the deal, the 27th. Okay. So now, now we're talking October 27th to December. Today is 22nd. the 22nd at the time of this recording. Yes. And... On the 27th of October, he said the bird is fed, or sorry, the bird is freed, right? <laughs> so three days later, uh-huh. he unveils his plan for, for Twitter's verification system. Right. Remember this where you can buy the blue check. Right, and, yes. And, yeah. and, and all that. And a couple of days later, November 1st, uh, he had an exchange with uh, Stephen King that he, plan- that he confirmed that he was going to charge uh, $8. a reduced price of $8 per month yeah. because I think initially it was $20 or something like that. And this guy, Stephen King, no, uh, kind of went out and said $20. Like, I, I, w- I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Elon replied, we need to pay the bill somehow. Twitter can't rely entirely on advertisers. How about $8? Okay. And that's where he got the eight from. Yeah. It was a negotiation almost. Right. Like, um, live, literally live, live on Twitter. <laughs> so three days later after that, so now October 27th, he buys it out. November 4th, not, not so that would be whatever how many days, seven days later. Yeah, he lays off half the staff. Right, right. Cuts half of them, which was super controversial, and everyone was. I mean, so around that time is when I, I, I always had a Twitter account, but I never used it or had the yeah. app downloaded on my phone. So I downloaded it, and I logged in, and I'm just bombarded by these rich memes and <laughs> these <laughs> incredible like back and forth yeah. between Elon and everybody yeah. else and he's just like the most hilarious person on Twitter. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. And I don't blame him to a degree. <laughs> um but you know there, there's there's both sides of the fence. But you know what's so funny is do you remember when Coinbase was laying everyone off? I don't remember. remember when Facebook started laying everyone off? I mean I don't I don't I have exactly Oh, do you see my okay, point? okay. I, I see what you're saying. Massive layoffs have happened in the tech industry, but n- it never got press and it never got attention like this did. And it's partially the way that he went about it, right? He was dramatic. Dramatic about it. The, the way that he sent the email to people, the, all that stuff. And that's what brought him the attention because when I saw people leaving Coinbase and Facebook, they were posting on LinkedIn, you know, hey, it's been a great ride. I really appreciate this. Like they're, they're very appreciative. There's no one really bashing for the most part, the organizations that they just got laid off from. Yeah. Also, they probably didn't want to burn the bridge. No, yeah. But Twitter is a whole different story, right? I, you have ex-employees tweeting out some of the most hateful things yeah. and ex- trying to expose Elon, and then Elon fact-checking them yeah. right then live. and there, live. live. And then there was the, the most hilarious thing that I, I remember reading was um, Elon thanking one of his ex-employees for coming back into the building to let him in. Oh yeah, him so and his staff. Do you remember in. what happened? Yeah, so he, I think he fired the guy that was in charge of every single, you know, the card access. access. Control, yeah. yeah, all the access control, but then they locked everyone out. <laughs> I think somehow it broke. I don't know if it broke, but I think they accidentally deleted like cards they, that 
weren't supposed to be deleted or something. Yeah, and he didn't know how to make it work. Yeah. So he called the guy back. Hey, can you come back and fix this? Yeah. And he came and back he and fixed he it. <laughs> and he thanks him on Twitter. But, you know, the the deal is like people can be, you know, heinous online. We call them like keyboard warriors and all that. Mm-hmm. But when you go face to face with people, it really changes. It does. Like if you were pissed off at, at Elon Musk and then you got a personal phone call from him, do you think you'd just start going off on him? I, I think yeah. most people would probably have a civil conversation. Yeah, of course, because there's there's always that difference when there's actual direct um, confrontation. Some, so for some reason, our uh, inhibitions, when we're not directly confronting someone, get turned off. It's because that there, there's a gap that's created. Yeah. And people always want to fill the gap with the worst. Right. Not understanding all the pieces, and, and they don't fill the gap with, with anything that's positive. And so when you talk to someone in, 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 in you know, conf- maybe confrontation or whatever it is, the goal is to fill that gap with the truth, and that a lot of times levels people out. Yeah, for sure. So that was on the 4th. He lays off everyone. On the 9th, he la- launches a verification system. Mm-hmm. And on, on the 10th was his first address to the Twitter staff since taking ownership of the company. Um, and during that, I believe he said something about Twitter not having the cash flow to survive, mentioning that bankruptcy is possible. Mm. His famous thing. I mean, he's banked up a lot of his companies. Right. Or gotten close, at least. Right. Um, so then he pauses. The, the day after that, he pauses the, the Twitter blue subscriptions because people were abusing that. And and we're going to talk about cybersecurity a little bit later. But what were they doing? They were spinning up fake accounts yeah. that looked real. They were um, paying the $8. And to then, get the verified check. And then probably DMing people and such to do favors, tasks, whatever. Yeah. And people do it, which is insane. But that's yeah. a different story. So he puts a pause on that. Um, the day after that, he fires 80% of the contract employees, right? So mm-hmm. most of the contractors, he said, see ya. Two days after that, he announces that he's turning off microservices or bloatware, which he claims isn't necessary for the site to work. And I remember he got tons of controversy around that. Yeah. A, firing all the people, the contractors, and then turning off a lot of these backend services that don't matter. Right. And the biggest controversy there was Twitter's not going to survive. It's going to be down. Yeah. And then my, my favorite is all the memes that say, still up, yeah. still working, yes. you know, just a reminder, like, that's yeah, still here. Well, it's interesting because when, when everyone was having that sort of, I guess, I don't know if it was a trend on Twitter because I saw that when everyone is saying, like, you know, Twitter's not going to be here in, in a little bit. Like, that's everyone was saying that. Everyone was saying, oh, since this is happening, let me just say whatever on Twitter. Right. And then... Like like you said, a couple of days later, everything's still here, and I mean, it seems like Elon just cut the fat. You know, he yeah he 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 boiled it down to all the essentials. He made it work. He made sure all the the, I guess the people that are doing what they're supposed to be doing and doing an excellent job stayed on, and all you have is you know an amazing like workforce that's focused. Like he's done with all of his other companies, yeah. Tesla. But you know. know what? It's not Elon that does that. It's every business owner. Anyone who acquires right. a company, they go through the same process. Of course. They interview everybody or they, you know, they go through some kind of review process to see who's staying and who's not. Right. That that's just typical, especially when someone wants to sell a company, they may be checked out. Right? They might not be with it all the time. And so their attention to detail about who's doing what is less, or the company's surpassed their ability to manage and they haven't put right people in place to make sure that it stays at a, at a sizable account. And what I've learned is like, if you ask somebody on any team, if you need more, more people in your, in your team, they're always going to say yes. Right. Why would you say no? Yeah. So that's probably what happened. And then of course with work from home and again, not to knock it, but what does happen sometimes is you have people that will work only two hours a day when they're supposed to work eight or whatever it may be, or they're not accomplishing all their tasks. So it looks like we need more people, but in reality, we just need people to work. 
Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's all kinds of analytics you can look at. There's all kinds of answers and truths and, and, and uh, you know, facts about how that works. Every company operates differently. That's not, you know, I'm generally over, uh, generalizing, you know, what's happening. But mm-hmm. so, so you, you, you can probably appreciate a lot of the things that the decisions rather that Elon has done sometimes, sometimes with Twitter. No. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I understand cutting the fat. So what do you disagree with, with what the, he's done? The way he does it. In the public manner. The way, yeah, the, in the public manner, the way he goes about it. Like, you also have to understand, like, when I hire people here, I have I have a some kind of tie to your family, mm-hmm. right? Because if I were to just say, hey, Cassia, mm-hmm. you got to find a way to make money, mm-hmm. right? My ultimate responsibility is the company, yeah. number one. Yeah. That's that's my number one responsibility. But but a very close second is, is the team members. And so if I can find better ways to go about that, like, yeah, at some point you got to cut the fat, right? When it, in a company like Twitter... You got to mm-hmm. do it, but there's better ways to do it. So you think the way he did it was disrespectful slash embarrassing to those that did get let go? Yeah, it, yeah. And there's some things that he did, like uh, sending like voice messages. I don't, using, I don't using remember saying that. We'll, we'll show you that offline. <laughs> I don't want to get into the political side of okay. what he did too. Um, it's it just there's better ways to go about it. That's all. Now, okay. and and I get it. Like he's also kind of making a point to the, to you know, and it's he's playing a marketing game too. Yeah. He's playing a marketing game. And I think it's worked to some degree. Oh, there's a lot of it fire a, behind it. Oh, it absolutely had worked. It, it worked. And uh, I get that. But at the end of the day, there's probably better ways to do it. Right. You, but, you, but again, I'm not him. Mm-hmm. He's made it much farther than I have. So I, I yield to his discretion because he's the owner of that company. Right? Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, so as far as what you disagree with, do you think that what he's done so far has made Twitter better though? I'm not a big Twitter user. Okay. I never was. So, like, when Twitter first came out, I got an account, and I, like, tweeted maybe five times in my life. Okay. So, you're not a heavy user. No. No. Okay. I was more on, on the other platforms. So, and, okay. and and to me, like, Twitter was just kind of like a, a lightweight replicate of Facebook, in a sense. Okay. Right? The bare bones. The bare bones. Right. And Facebook has really advanced their platform so much where there's a lot more content, videos, et cetera. There is. And I think Twitter is aiming to kind of match that kind of... Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Standard. But the other big thing is like a lot of people that I follow on online, friends, family, whatever, weren't on Twitter. But then you know a, a good amount of them did, and this is back when I was in high school. So like you know friends in high school went on Twitter. But shortly after they got off of it too. So so yeah. really like social media is nothing without the people. That's true. I mean if you, if if the I guess if your I guess group of people that you hang out with don't necessarily use that as a platform to communicate, I can see why. It yeah. wouldn't be something you'd want to use. Yeah. But recently when I jumped back on, I could see the benefit to it because it's not necessarily a method for me to communicate with my friends, but more a method for me to kind of view the world in a more raw sense because I think journalism takes a big um, foothold in Twitter. Yeah. And and it's a big function of it. And because it's the reason why I, I think... Elon saw it as an opportunity to bring that back, to bring the the unfiltered back. Because uh, have you have you heard about the the Twitter files that happened on uh, on Twitter? Mm, it sounds familiar, but I'm, it's not ringing a bell. So there there was like kind of like a live viewing of and discussion on Twitter that included Elon, and he was a part of it. Of them kind of exposing what Twitter was doing before oh, yeah. Elon came yes, in. Yes, and they were talking and and showing actual proof of, I think it was political figures requesting to higher ups in Twitter to, you know, here, here's the next list of tweets. 
to, to, to remove. Oh, I see. You know what I'm saying? To, yeah, yeah. to, to censor. Yeah. And people in the highest form, uh, highest position in politics, people in other high positions in other companies would basically have them take care of the problematic, right? I guess, tweets. I don't know like all, all the details, but just based on that, something something that was something sketchy was happening, something suspicious. And I think it's a really good thing that this is now out in the, you know, in the front. Yeah. People are seeing it. It is. And and Elon has helped facilitate the exposure of it. No different than every other media company who swings one way or another. Yeah. And, and Twitter has every right to do it because they're a private business. Now, do I agree with it? No. Because it, you're just creating a bad culture in, in the United States of people that just want to be agreeable, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's their business. They can do whatever they want. One thing that he's done a lot is polls. You know, it's like the polls. Mm-hmm. He's he running did, it like a democracy. He did the CEO poll. He's like, yeah. vote here if you want me to be CEO. Yeah. And I think some people said no, right? Yeah. yeah. It won the poll. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I think he, I don't remember, but I think he tweeted again saying, oh, I, um, I counted mail-in votes and it looks <laughs> like I won. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's i mean that's funny I, I gotta laugh at that he's super like it's so like i have to sit down and like figuratively open up the popcorn and yeah. listen to or read rather what the next oh I, you know i'm with you cup of tea is yeah. <laughs> okay so but here's here's where i'm gonna kind of jump off off the whole uh what do you call it off the whole timeline here he's still owner of the company yeah which means he still can censor if he wants yeah. Do you know the the la- latest thing that he suspended? I think I do, but I don't remember off the top of my head. So the the biggest, the, I, I would call this, and it really hasn't been a big controversy, but to me the biggest showing of colors was when he deactivated the guy who was tracking his private jet. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Because he offered him like $5,000 to stop doing it or something like that, and the yeah. guy was like, no, I want $75,000. Well, so, I mean, I, I can see what you mean, like, he, you can pick like if you're the owner, you can pick and choose right. what what you want to do. Right. But I think he recently had a run-in um, where someone was, you know, th- I don't know if it was threatening his family or tracking Very him likely. or following him. Yeah. But he he probably he probably has a daily to be honest with you. Right. So in in this case where people are tracking his jet, I feel like it might be something where he's scared that I get someone that. will harm him. I get that, and, and and it's true. Like you know when that with that information out. It's easier for people to go find him, right? Because they yeah. know where he's going to land. But when you have that kind of money, you hire the right security. You, you handle those threats. Ultimately, there's nothing illegal that was happening because that's all public data. Right. It's all public he data. He just made it easier to to use and the, see. The trick that he did, I think, and this is just a guess, is that he probably watched the flight pattern and watched Elon's traveling pattern and matched it with the flight mm-hmm. and figured out the, jet, the, the type of jet and all that other stuff. And yeah, it's, it's all public data. So let, let me ask you this. If you were in his position... You had a family and all of that, and you were as famous and as fiery as he's been. Would you do that? Would let me you let me ask you a question. The president of the United States. Do you know where he's going when he goes places? I think I think it's public record. It's all public record, right? And and not only is it public record, but it's always announced on the media. You know, President so and so is traveling to this place and traveling mm-hmm. to this place and is going to go speak here and is going to go speak there. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he ever get harmed? Because he has secret service up the teeth. Bingo. <laughs> right? Elon Musk can afford... You, you don't need that kind of secret service for, for someone like Elon, but you no. do need you do need security. He, and he has it. Yeah, I'm sure he does. So, so that's my that's my mm-hmm. answer to your question. It's like, it's like I, I do get that, but when you start... The problem is when you start opening that rabbit hole, 
you got to go down it. No, I know. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I guess, looking at it from a different angle, I guess, because again, Elon, obviously he, he's very famous, but he's not the president because right. when you step into being the president, there are certain things that you just have to accept. You're the leader of the free world, well, et cetera, et cetera. Honestly, they're not, they're not just protecting the president because he's the president. They're protecting the president because what the president knows. Yeah, of course. Right. But, but then Elon is also, he's. He's not necessarily someone that wants to be in the spotlight all the time. And so if if people know his whereabouts at all times, it can kind of hurt him in ways or, or, or cause discomfort for him. I'm not saying that yeah, that's but, the but, reason that I would do it. But, but devil's but, advocate, paparazzi has been doing it forever without the internet. No, I know. You know? But I can just see that it's just one of the things that he, I guess, would take advantage of. I, 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 you know? Yeah. I, I get mm-hmm. I get why he did it. Mm-hmm. My point is, if you're going to follow the philosophy of... of free speech and all that because there's no again he has danger regardless if someone posts where his plane is or not mm-hmm. so yeah. he has to account for the proper security to handle that danger right and when you're a big figure like that you get security members a lot of them are ex, ex law enforcement they have connections with the law enforcement and they can work together to handle those things yeah so i mean i mean at the end of the day i don't know what the community guidelines officially say on twitter so Maybe he was within his right, and maybe it isn't a rabbit hole, as you say. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, it's there, there's, again, he's the owner of the company. He has the ability to do whatever he wants to do. And, uh, you know, ultimately it's his right, but, you know, again, just kind of to reiterate where I'm coming from on this, his his whole reason behind buying Twitter was free speech. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that what's next, basically, is the question. Yeah. Right? So I'm excited to see where Twitter goes. I'm excited to see kind of how it integrates with our lives. Uh, there's been a lot of technology that's been integrating with our lives, right, as time goes on. And it seems like everything has kind of been like separate pieces of technology that are all starting to kind of come together to work together. Like, as an example, your phone, right? Yeah. It was just a cell phone, and now, like, it's a key to your car. Right. And it's your credit card, and it's all these other things that controls your home. And well, actually, interesting that, that I say that. Uh, we were talking about smart home earlier today. Yeah. And you wanted to fill us in about uh, some updates with Matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think... Uh, Matter officially got released. So now uh, all the different platforms are starting to kind of drop updates onto existing devices for them to enable Matter, which is super, super exciting. So now we'll be able to play with it a little bit. Um, So you'll be able to, I think if you have, I think a fourth or fifth gen uh, Echo, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so those devices will support Matter through through Wi-Fi. And then... I think Google's already released Matter through, I think, Thread with their, I think the only device they're using right now that's supporting Thread is their um, their new Wi-Fi pods. Oh, I forgot what oh, they're oh, called. The Nest, the Nest um, I forget what they're called, too. I, I don't know why. <laughs> that's okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm blanking. But it, it's, it's super exciting because now we're going to just start the kind of snowball effect of, all these you said it again. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All these devices supporting matter and not having to worry about having to pick a particular platform or a particular um, like Z-Wave or yeah. Zigbee device. Even though style or whatever. Right, exactly. So I'm I'm gonna see probably we're we're gonna be seeing it in the in the near future kind of new stuff that we weren't able to do it before. So it's gonna reduce a lot of the friction that all of us have had with getting things to work right because now how things are going to work in inside your smart home system is you're going to have matter devices that some of them can elect to be you know a controller 
And if one controller goes down, one can elect itself to be an, uh, you know, its own controller. Oh, I see. You know I what see. I'm saying? So yeah. So so there's no need for like one hub anymore. Per exactly. Se. Yeah. So you're not going to have one single failure point with Matter, which is the exciting That's part. Cool. You're going to have a super robust network, and then things are going to all talk to each other. And theoretically, it should work if your internet goes down too, because it's all internal. Yeah. So locally, I believe it's probably going to all work locally if you want to like turn on and and lights on and off and as long as you like can as long as you can communicate to the controller lo- locally exactly yeah and probably what would happen if the internet went out is the edge devices that talk externally and take whatever communication is there would probably not talk to whatever maybe platform yeah, outside sure so but you know usually that wouldn't be too much of a problem because you want to do you still be able to do basic stuff still right. run normal commands and automations and not have to worry about it going up to the cloud right and then the other benefit of that is not clogging up your Wi-Fi, you know, with all these different devices that you you might have on your network, because it's it's basically acting in its own little bubble that only will go out when it needs to. It's not going to be interacting on the same. So it, it'll, I mean, it'll it'll operate within your Wi-Fi network internally, but it's not going to clog your internet bandwidth. So the matter the matter network is going to be separate from your Wi-Fi network. Oh, really? Yeah. It's but it, so it, oh, I see. But it has to be. You have to get a wi-fi network that supports it or a wi-fi rather device that supports it yeah I, and i believe so the edge device is going to act in that way where I it's gonna see. You, you see what i'm I saying see what you're saying so it there's a lot of moving parts in and explaining it but it makes sense when you read it it makes sense and it's super promising for all the new stuff that's going to come out because well, the, the hope is that it's faster than z-wave it it will be it will be faster than it, it so it's comparable to zigbee okay but it's gonna it's the the benefit of it is low low power, so it's not going to take as much power. So you can have battery devices that run off of it, and then you have a higher bandwidth capability, right? So that you have devices that can you know send more data, um, and not having having to worry about using Wi-Fi for that sort of application. You know if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. It's especially if they use Thread. If they use Thread, that'll be the kind of high bandwidth, low energy u- use you know right. platform. That will then allow that to happen. If they're using Wi-Fi for matter, it'll probably still take probably a lot of energy. So, yeah, you know. But usually, probably those like door sensors, mm-hmm. all that stuff that uses matter, but then can talk through thread, would probably be the most ideal situation. Interesting. Yeah. So thread obviously is kind of the next up and coming thing that we'll see. Yeah, it's so so. Th- the nice thing is that you can either use matter with thread or Wi-Fi. So at this then, point, at this point, it's so it's so new that there's probably not anything I'm going to run out and buy today. No, but but at some point, I mean, what what's, what do you think? How long do you think it's going to take until we see these devices kind of? I think in our homes. Honestly, I think end of twenty twenty three, we'll probably see a a very big amount of, of of improvement and you know larger amount to choose from device wise because I don't think it's going to be a very big change with because a lot of the devices are going to be able to support matter coming in, like smart smart things and right. Alexa right. and Google, all those platforms. All, all they need is basically just an update. There are only going to be a few devices that are going to require different hardware, I which see. is the good thing. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, that that's exciting to uh, see. I'm yeah. excited to see how all that comes together, and I'm sure we'll talk about it again. Yeah. So what does suck, though, is getting scammed. Why? Well, because then you, you don't get, like you getting scammed. scammed. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I say that is just a really bad segue into my next idea here. <laughs> and, and it's just talking a little bit about cybersecurity. And I just want to touch base on it for just a second because I really feel bad for people who fall for them. Mm-hmm. Like even for people who fall for like these, these scams, 
because to us in this world, it seems obvious, but I, I can totally see how some of these things are, 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 are malicious and, and obviously malicious, but are, are tempting in a sense. Right. And so like, we all know what phishing is. I think a lot of people in the business world now know what phishing is. It's been one of those things that's been very well advertised. Mm-hmm. Right. And these, these bad actors who have been doing this have kind of gotten smarter about the way they do it. Right. And, I've been watching because it's what I do and just watching all the reports come out and then also watching firsthand with clients that kind of report things to us. And, you know, phishing came out and it was kind of this blanket attempt. I'm just going to send everybody this generic Microsoft email, click this link, steal your password and be done. But then like, and I would say this is probably almost five years ago now, spear phishing became a really big thing mm-hmm. where someone say, okay, instead of just blanketing it, I'm going to throw a spear, right? At a company. So I'm going to go do research on Unitech. I'm going to find out who the CEO is. I'm going to find out who this, you know, all, all the, the, the players. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use their names and emails to send emails to their staff on behalf of them to make it look like it came from them. Right. To then scam them some way, somehow, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we saw a lot of that happening where, you know, you would get the famous one was, you know, I need you to go buy gift cards. Yeah. Because they would send that. Or I need you to get Bitcoin or something like that. And that the Bitcoin one's harder, so people don't do it as much. But the gift card one is a big one. And people get scammed out of that stuff all the time. Yeah, but then that became a little bit easier to identify just because, again, better marketing around fishing and spear fishing. People understood what that was. Lately, and when I say lately, I mean like this year, I've seen a massive uptick in uh, what we'll call CEO fraud, right, where someone pretends to be the CEO of the company but not via email. They're mm-hmm. sending them text messages on their personal phones. Interesting and. I, I've seen this in other companies and I got calls, you know, what can we do about this? And it really is not, not much you can do. And a really easy way I can explain is, you know, I get a job at a new company. I post on LinkedIn where I work. Yeah. It's not hard to find my phone number on the internet. And it's not hard to find out who the CEO is of that company. So I go, I go get a, a burner phone or spin up a new number. I send you a text. Hey, you're new, right? So, you, you know, right. this is, this is Eddie, the CEO. Uh, you know, I'm in a meeting. I, I really need your help real quick. Um, you know, please let me know it's urgent. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you try and call, they're not going to answer the phone. Right. And they're going to text you back. I'm in a meeting. I can't answer the phone right now, but I need your help. Right. 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 And the common thing is, I need you to go buy gift cards for some new employees, blah, 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 blah. Right. And people do it. People do yeah. it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I see that this is an uptick. But then it happened to us. Really? We didn't get scammed, of course. Uh, no. So, uh, Marin, who's my assistant, started two months ago now. Mm-hmm. Very new. Two days ago, got a text from me <laughs> asking, you know, that was very urgent. And luckily, because we do training for everyone new, she was like, that's not him. But also, she has my number, and it wasn't my number. Right. But imagine a company that has, like, 400 people, and you hire someone that's kind of, like, on the lower end who's excited. Eager. Eager, young, too. I mean, I hate to say, like, it's an age thing. Or older sometimes, too. And you get a text from the CEO. Well, heck, yeah, you're going to respond to the CEO. He's the CEO of your company. Yeah. Right, you hold sometimes a respect card for that, mm-hmm. and, and that lately that's been like the the biggest, the biggest scam that I've seen kind of going around. And now those are more like those scams are not the big business scams, the million dollar scams, whatever. Those are I'm going to hit a bunch of people and get you know hundred dollars from each, and it'll add, it'll add up. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are not scams that affect the business; it affects the employee. So yeah. as on a personal level, which is why I'm bringing it here, not talking to you about like you know this big million dollar scam in business. On a personal level. Like it, it affects all of you, all the listeners that, that listen to this, you know, should you go through with these scams? So it's always good, I guess, just to verify. I don't know. I just felt like I needed to bring that up because 
I feel like it's just been happening more and more. Do you think that they're using bots to kind of, um, I guess, farm this information? AI is also used for bad. Right. You know, like it's it's not all good stuff. And yeah, absolutely. They, they probably do. I mean, to get the phone number on the internet, like even even we use AI for like on the sales side. Right. To gather phone numbers, you know, to make phone calls and such. Yeah. So um, do, you, do you think the same people that are doing those types of, I guess, call scams, like, hey, I'm calling from Microsoft. Give give me like, do you think it's those same kind of um, oh, organizations, organizations that or are so? doing that? Uh, yeah, there's a very good chance that it is. Right. Because yeah. they're 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 effectively farming gift cards yeah you know and then and then that pool of gift cards get gets funneled to this one company you know oh, I'm that cer- does this I'm, I'm certain it is i mean <laughs> yeah right well then they probably then go sell them on ebay or whatever for a discounted price and make right. money on them um yeah i mean like, like if you think about it those those scam call centers they're a business mm-hmm. right they cost money to operate yeah they're in a building they're using you know internet technology they've got employees that they pay and so they're a business and I hate to say it like that, but they, they're, they're a business. And so they have to find different ways to do this, certainly. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it's also happening like locally here, because the problem is, you know, go get a burner phone from Walmart. Mm-hmm. You, you go there, you pay for it, you walk out, start sending text messages. And when you're done, throw the phone in the trash. Who's going to find you? So we talked about it being potentially those types of companies that, you know, are responsible for those other types of scams, but... What about internal employees taking advantage of new employees in that way? Do you think that's possible? Do you uh, oh, yeah. It, it is possible. And, and internal employees, we, we train on that too. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, at least today, as I tell you this, statistically, internal employees affect the organization by doing something accidentally mm-hmm. or doing something carelessly. They're not typically going in to infiltrate. It can happen, and mm-hmm. it does happen. But that is probably the rarest of, of the occasions. Right. Um, like again, in our in our organization here, like this, it's not an internal employee, right? Of course, yeah, right. I mean, you don't know that. I don't. <laughs> hey, can I get half of that gift card? That you <laughs> well, so, I mean, now that this is you know it's happening, what would you say? I mean, other than other than training, what what would you say is is there another way we can prevent this? Is there is there another way we can kind of there's, no. there's a couple things. I mean, A, it, it is training because it, it's teaching your team. Like if you get a text from me that seems odd or if it's if it's requesting any kind of financial anything, how about you double check? Don't right. just go and do it. Right. Number one. Number two, though, it's going to be up to the carriers of the, of the phone companies like Verizon, AT&T, at least here in the United States, like T-Mobile and all the other little ones to help filter these things, right? Mm-hmm. Like for instance... Microsoft came out with an exchange server for email and everyone spun up an exchange server and then all of a sudden spam became a thing and now everyone's getting loaded with spam. So what they do, they start putting um, uh, email firewalls or, or spam filters in front right. of that. Right. We have this phone system that's wide open. Anyone can text anyone. Anyone can call anyone. You have noticed though, like when you get calls, sometimes they'll say potential scam. Yeah. They've added that in. Yeah. And that's kind of the next like layer 1.1 right. of their, of their scam system. Um, and so, yeah, eventually I think they'll be able to actually trace, like, although this phone number is a 734 area code, which is our area code, it's actually tracing out of, you know, India. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's likely X, Y, and Z. Or what also is, is likely, too, which we see this in the email world, <coughs> is they'll start using AI to detect language, to detect frequency, to detect, right. um, you know, importance, urgency. And maybe maybe if it doesn't block it, it at least gives the user a warning, like, hey, this is com- this language is commonly used. What's interesting that you say it's a bot 
is that actually I received a message um, myself from a company I used to work for. I still still do work for just a volunteer basis, a nonprofit, from that the leader of that company. And just I had his phone number, and I got a text from him. Yeah. It wasn't him. Sent him the message. And not only me, but about 10 or 15 other people in that organization got it. And each one of those people were on LinkedIn listing that place as, as one of their employers. Right. So uh, all that to say, like, at least some kind of warning to people, like, this is common, whatever, whatever. Um, oh, but back, sorry, back to you saying about the bots. Um, it, it's very possible that bots are doing this because it, it's it's the same exact message. That's what I, where I was getting at. Mm-hmm. The message that, that Marin got in our company and the message that I got and the message that my, my clients get, they send me screenshots, are worded exactly the same to begin with. Yeah. But what's interesting is I've actually interacted with some of these guys. Like, I got that text, and I was texting back and forth. And when that person realized that I caught on, they just stopped texting me. Interesting. Right. So in that particular scenario, it didn't seem like it was a bot. It was just one particular person. It could have been bot initiated. Initiated, right? True. So like it could be bot initiated. And then after someone responds, it could throw it in a queue. Mm -hmm. And that person then has time to respond to that text message. Right. So you're, you're not, you're not killing all your, your, you know, your employees, which uh, is, I, I hate to call it a business, but you know, you're not killing all those people on their time trying to send so, a thousand messages. So it's literally like fishing. Like you, you, it you is. throw your, your, your rod and then, I mean, the bot is basically doing that initial part, but then when someone bites, yep, you get flagged and then you're like, okay, let me start this conversation yep. for real. Well, you know, what's so funny too is like, you know, like when you get a call from Microsoft saying this is Microsoft or whatever, mm-hmm. that's called vishing voice phishing and when you get text messages it's called smishing <laughs> very weird sms phishing I, I i feel like the sms spam is so so recent though because we never used to i mean Poli- I, politically it is more recent well i mean recently i feel like i've gotten inundated so much so with spam and everything that i think i don't know if iphone had to add like add report to junk spam or report spam yeah. that was something that never was needed, needed to be done yeah. anymore. But neither was half the cybersecurity stuff we do now. Because right. It, and it's not that it wasn't needed. It's that no one was um, taking advantage of the, right. hole, of, of the hole that was there. Yeah. And now they are. Yeah. Which is, it sucks. But, I mean, I guess it's inevitable for any any good thing, any good channel of communication to have that kind of it thing is. happen. It is. And I, I predict that Microsoft Teams is next. Because, and, and Slack, like I can Slack and Teams anybody as long as their organization is wide open, which by default it is. Right. So like I can send a Slack message or a Teams message to anybody. Now, at least the beauty of that is that like it comes across with my email address. Mm-hmm. So it looks like that. But I mean, I can still send you spam. Yeah. Or request your time and you're going to get that notification because you're living on Teams and Slack these days. Yeah. So, you know, like Slack has Slack Connect Teams. It's called... um uh, I think it's called Organization Federation or something like that, federating your organi- organization out. Mm-hmm. And at some point, it, companies are just going to be recommended to shut that off yeah. because of how, how bad it is if... Uh, it, watch. Give it give it another probably few years, but I, I'll bet you that's what's going to happen. I mean, if it, if, it, if it becomes... If it manifests as bad as the SMS spam happened, because at one point, we were getting massive amounts. Yeah. Like every single day, you'd get at least 20 oh, yeah. spam texts. And I, think, I do think that carriers have fixed a lot of that stuff. I think they have because it's not happening as frequent because I remember there were times where I would be I'd be texted some random spam message but I would be in a group chat yes with a yes, bunch yes, of yes, other yes, people yes. that, that were started spam. on Facebook. Really? I I used to get that on Facebook before I'd got it on SMS. 
Wow. And if you notice, look at, if you go back to those text messages, notice the first six digits of the numbers are all the same. Yeah. Right? So, like, if your number is 734-123-1234, you're going to be in, in a group of 734-123-1235-1236-1237. They're just, they're blasting it to everybody. Interesting. With, and probably 20 is my guess is probably the limit on, on that. And, and they're just hitting all that they can. It's almost like a, a virus, too, because if, especially if they send links, like, especially to people well, yeah. that are not, I guess, good at discerning between what's real and what's not. For example, when people get WhatsApp messages about this miracle cure, whatever it is, to your parents or something, and then they send it to you. And, you know, if you are not of someone who is discerning, you will send it to, you know, your friends and it'll just keep going and going. And then eventually someone's going to click on it and then receive whatever bad thing is behind it. Or just give them money. Exactly. Not get anything in return. So it's it's literally like a virus. Self-propelled. <laughs> it, it is. It is. So it, it's very interesting, like all, all the things that are happening. And, and there's like, I, I could talk about this for five hours because there's other things that are happening too that are, are crazy. Um, you know, it's all relative. It's just it, it's just a matter of like, get trained, use common sense. And that's that's that. But it's not as, it's not as easy as it sounds, I guess. What do you think the percent, like, I guess with a the- lot. A lot. I (laughs) I mean, it probably is a lot, but like with small to medium sized businesses, like what's the percentage of them actually training their employees? Oh, it's so low. I think 80, I think the stat, as a matter of fact, I have a, cause I do this uh, training course and all that. I think it's something along the lines of like 87% of small businesses don't feel like they're prepared for a cyber attack. Interesting. Or or anything along that line. I don't, I don't think I have that right readily available, but um, oh yeah, here it is. Yeah, I, I know that the stat is it's it's very alarming. Yeah. And that stat was sorry, yeah, only fourteen percent of companies believe that they're prepared for cybercrime. That's crazy. And and this this th- that stat I gave you was probably it's probably five years old now. Right. And there's probably an updated stat. And the stat also says forty three percent of cyber attacks target small businesses because they're easy targets. Right. 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 So, you know, for every one big breach you hear about, there's probably a hundred thousand Breaches of $5,000, $2,000, $10,000, $15,000 here and there. And that probably adds up to a larger pool than the big breaches. Probably does. There's a, there's a market for it. Again, it's I hate saying it's a business, but that's how they that's how these guys run it. Yeah. So I always say I always say this too in cybersecurity when it comes to business cybersecurity. And I don't want to be a consultant on the podcast, but you know, like <laughs> cybersecurity isn't about being 100% secure because it's impossible. It's about being the fastest runner among your friends when you're getting chased by a bear. Interesting. So you know? just just being like light on your feet, almost. Yeah, it's it's yeah. To to your point, yeah, it is. It's it's just one of those things where if you're the harder target, and your neighbor business is a weaker target, it's going to be easier to go that route, and that's what they're going to do. Yeah, that makes sense. Right, makes sense. So it's it's interesting. The the world of cybersecurity is always evolving and changing, and and you know, you talk about smart home. You know, I I think that that's going to be a whole different landscape of of you know of cyber breaches. Um. And, uh, yeah, it, it's tough. And, you know, you and I were sp- speaking offline about passwords and, and all that because a lot of times, like with the smart home stuff, right, and with all, everything in business, what happens is your password get out, gets out there, people know your email address, they pair the two together, you use that password for everything, mm-hmm. and they get into your smart home, and now they can control your whole house. Yeah. Now, smart home stuff, they're starting to require two-factor authentication, which helps and all that, but, uh, you know, you said what, what advice would you give to someone who, you know, kind of wants to manage that, yeah. Or how to like reduce the risk. And, and it's not the best answer in the world because there isn't a best answer, but it's a password manager, like some kind of application that generates a random character password that's long and you use one for each application. 
And then to get in there, you just open the password manager and paste it into your, your application. Right. And that way, if, if, mm-hmm. it, if it does get breached or you do get fished for some reason, now that one password gets out, it doesn't affect anything else because nothing else is on that password. Hopefully, you have two-factor authentication on, so it blocks that attempt. And if the, the device that you're logging into is smart that warns you that someone attempted, yeah. you can go and change that password again. That's the, that's the best-case scenario for a password. But what's happening in the industry, which, which you'll see, I think, in the next five-ish years, is password lists everything. Mm-hmm. So you're going to start using biometrics like your fingerprint or your face or your iris or whatever it may be to access all your stuff. It's not going to be um, a password anymore. And then the two-factor to that is going to be some kind of code that gets sent. So it may look like something like this. Like you type in your email address and you get a code to your phone. You type in that code. And, and if it's a trusted device or if it's a device on the network or, you know, you, you do this often, you're good to go. But, but what that kind of does is, you know, it eliminates the ability for the person to know that that email is a legit email in the system. So if I type in, you know, casm at yahoo.com and I click enter, it's going to say, hey, if you have an account here, you'll get a code to your phone. Right. It doesn't verify it. And it'll do that for everybody. It's ambiguous. It's ambiguous. So you never know if that's a legit username password if you ha- or username rather. If it's legit, you'll get a text message. Now then let's say if the device says, okay, you got the right code, but this is not the normal place that you go. Show me your face. You know, like... Mm-hmm there's other other again there's other ways or maybe it sends another notification to another device or whatever it may be there's going to be a multi-step factor for this but nowhere did i mention a password mm-hmm. and i think that is is a big thing that's going away do you think it would ever be as and this is going to be weird this is going to sound weird to okay me. do you think because wearable tech is is really popular nowadays yeah. but now people are talking about not just wearable tech, but inter- integrated embedded. into your body, <laughs> embedded into your body. Do you think there will ever be a, and this it probably will, honestly, but kind of like a two-factor authentication using that because you're, you're using that, like let's say you log into a device, you put in your username, or maybe you don't even have to put your username. Just you being near field, present, yeah. present allows you to kind of bio-authenticate. The, the problem with that is, and I do this with people all the time when I have their iPhones, when I want their, when I want to go on their phone, I literally flip their iPhone, show their face, and then I just go. Right. What stops yeah. someone from doing that? That's the thing. So I, I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility, mm-hmm. but anytime you introduce anything foreign into the human body, it always rejects it or typically rejects it. So people have tried that where they like put like a, um, like a proximity card in their hand, mm-hmm. a little chip, and that's how they access doors. People have accessed their cars that way. And you could access a computer that way if you have that kind of technology built in. But the problem then is it becomes obsolete. Yeah. So what do you do? You have to go and remove it and put another one in or whatever. I'm not a fan of that. I don't, I don't like any of that, that stuff. Like there, there's a hundred thousand ways to do it better than sticking anything inside of your body. <laughs> is it a possibility? Absolutely. It's a possibility. Will it happen? There's, there's, there's a chance for sure. I, I won't, I won't say that it's a no. I but think I think it would happen for sure. To be honest, I know. I, I personally, <laughs> I'm just just not an advocate of it. I think there's other ways to do it without messing. I'm, I'm not saying I'm an advocate for it. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're gonna come in. You're gonna be like half. Remember, like uh, back in the day, the movies like cyborgs, like half robot, yeah. half human. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I think it's I think See, it's like if be that cool. happened, would I have to pay you half? <laughs> because like robots don't get paid you can pay them one time i need know? just half as much food every day it's half, half as food much and water. half oil <laughs> <laughs> let's hope oil is cheap yeah <laughs> yeah right yeah. it's gonna be illegal then <laughs> yeah right that's funny it's gonna be uh the, the worst thing you're gonna have to think about is how much air you're consuming every day yeah right it's gonna be an air tax <laughs> no thank you no. i mean it's very interesting i, I think uh all the stuff going on right now is really cool 
And uh, we're in, as much as people think technology is in it, as advanced as it is, or as much as people think that technology is advanced, we're still in the very beginning stages of what technology is to be. And AI has really opened up my eyes to see like we're at the very beginning yeah. of this insane revolution of technology that I still don't know if I love or not. It's, I think eventually not going to be a question of love or hate. It's going to be, everyone's going to use it regardless of how they feel about it because that's the only way you can survive. Yeah. I'm more or less like, again, everyone's got a phone and now everyone's got a smartphone. Everyone's got a computer. Like, yeah, it's, that's the case. And then it's going to be our job to make sure that it's safe and secure for people. Yeah. So, well, it's a good podcast. On that note, on that bombshell. On that bombshell. (laughs) We'll see you next time. See you next time, guys. (laughs) All right, man. All right, guys. I'll I'll see you too. See ya. Get out of my office. All right, guys. (laughs) I won't be coming in tomorrow because there's snow apocalypse coming. (laughs) Okay. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs)